You don't have to look far for news of NHS difficulties. An ageing and growing population and a higher incidence of chronic diseases has put pressure on the UK's healthcare system. In fact, all around the world, healthcare organisations are feeling the strain from demographic demands. Therefore, improving hospital efficiencies globally to save money and ensure better outcomes for patients is very important. Lidco is a leading supplier of blood monitoring equipment which has been proven to reduce patient mortality and complications, length of hospitalisation and costs. Today, I'm joined on the phone by the company's chief executive, Matt Tassoni. Matt, thanks very much for joining me today. Hi, yes, it's an absolute pleasure. Great. Well, firstly, would you mind just giving a brief overview of Lidco's technology um, and what it does and how it helps improve efficiencies in hospitals? So um, Lidco's uh, technology actually did come out from the NHS originally. Uh, it was uh, discovered in uh, St. Thomas's uh, Hospital in London. Uh, and uh, what they were trying to do is they were trying to find a way to understand how well a patient's circulatory system was working. Uh, and essentially, um, if you are critically ill or you're um, elderly uh, and undergoing a very long operation, uh, the patient's ability to control their own blood pressure is vastly reduced. Uh, and what Lidco's technology does is it sort of lifts the veil on what's going on with the patient's blood pressure. And our monitoring enables physicians, uh, like an anaesthetist in an operating room or a critical care doctor in an ICU, uh, to understand the best way to help the patient control their blood pressure, you know, whether to give them fluids or, or certain drugs. And what's been shown uh, through you know, uh, hundreds of uh, clinical papers uh, is a case of if you improve the doctor's decision-making, if you help them to decide, okay, what is the right drug to give at this precise moment, then the outcomes are greatly improved. And, and what we're able to show is, as you rightly said, you know, is a reduction in mortality, uh, a reduction in the length of stay of hospitals, you know, post-surgery. Uh, uh, therefore, you know, if patients are staying less, you see a reduction in costs. And, you know, other complications, you know, surgical site infections, uh, other comorbidities uh, that come about. So uh, the strength of evidence is uh, quite strong and is growing all the time. Uh, and, you know, it's quite ironic that, you know, it, an innovation that came out of the NHS is now helping the NHS uh, to hopefully save money, as you said in your introduction. Mm. I imagine this kind of thing, I mean, monitoring blood pressure um, and all, all of the things that the, the, the technology can do. I mean, it's better than what was already there, but there must be something that is already being used for, for operations and, and used in hospitals. How do you manage to persuade hospitals, and not just in the NHS, in the, in the, wider, in the wider hospital setting, to use your new medical technology, which I imagine is more expensive than, than all the methods? Yeah, um, so, interestingly, in the past, uh, the way that they used to do this was they used to put an invasive catheter in through your sort of central um, uh, venous system and, and place the catheter just outside of the heart. Um, our technology um, has developed over time to the point where we can now get very sort of similar readings, not exactly the same, but enough to help the doctor make the right decisions um, by sort of non-invasive uh, finger sensors. Uh, and these, as, as I sort of said, you know, the sensors go on the fingers and from that we're able to see, you know, how much blood uh, is going into the heart uh, how much uh, resistance is there in the uh, systemic uh, vascular system. But 
Agreed. You know, the, the, the challenge uh, that any new technology faces uh, is the adoption. And there's, there's two things. Um, cost is one element to it. Uh, and uh, if we look at the NHS, uh, what we see is a real challenge because whilst we're able to demonstrate um, the fact that overall we can save money, uh, people have to convince is the clinician uh, within that department to make a strong case to say, yeah, I need to have this technology here. I need to spend more money in my department because it's going to save money uh, in, uh, in other, pa- um, other parts of the hospital. Providing them with that evidence, providing them with that story is, is critical. The other aspect is not just cost. Uh, naturally, um, clinicians um, tend to be uh, sort of avoid change. Uh, so what we tend to see is adoption of a medical device can take quite a long time. It's quite surprising for people that aren't in the industry. But once you are adopted, it's an incredibly sticky business. Uh, and, and what we see um, here is, you know, this technology has been around, but now we're getting to the point where the, the mass of clinical evidence is so strong that we're now starting to see national and international guidelines coming out and really recommending uh, that physicians use this type of technology. And that's, you know, that's the tipping point And that's where this business starts to become very, very exciting. Yeah, it certainly sounds like uh, like it could be. But I mean, just one point that you mentioned there, not exactly the same as as putting a catheter um, in the body. Is that potentially a barrier for for physicians using this technology? No, not at all. I, I just I didn't want to sort of like mislead anybody by saying it was completely comparable. <laughs> okay. You you get slightly different uh, uh, clinical uh, parameters uh, by placing the, the invasive catheter straight outside the kind of the, the heart, whereas non-invasively uh, we're able to get very similar, but they're not identical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then just looking more at the, at the business side of things, obviously from a from medical point of view, it, it all sounds like it's doing the right thing, but from a business perspective, how much does it cost you to get that initial device into a hospital? Um, and is there any evidence of when a hospital buys one, they'll buy another? And also once it's there, is there any aspect of recurring revenue? Absolutely. So um, the, the the business of Lidco is is essentially a very attractive one. We are a um, a high margin uh, recurring revenue uh, business model. Um, uh, essentially, uh, what we've seen, and if I take the UK as the example, which is a, this is our home market. The technology was in, uh, uh, invented in the UK, and this is where we've seen kind of the adoption uh, uh, to sort of like run forward. The uh, UK revenues equate to about um, 55 to 60% of, of Lidco's turnover. Uh, geographical expansion is definitely our strategic direction, but to answer your, your question, what we see is a, a hostels will buy a number of monitors uh, for the operating rooms that are doing the high-risk surgery. So, you know, these will be uh, colorectal uh, operations, big vascular operations, even cardiac surgery. And they'll also buy a number of monitors for uh, the ICU department as well. So a, a, a reasonable sort of like-sized um, NHS hospital would be maybe buying uh, about uh, 10 monitors, let's say. And then over time, as, um, as their adoption grows and the technology, as they become more familiar, they buy more. But then we have a per patient cost. Uh, and what we're seeing today is, you know, there are this good volume of patients that are treated with this. And our way to drive additional volume in the UK is by getting more patients on this type of technology. And if we look at 
some guidelines that were put in place by NICE and some recommendations by NICE a few years ago, we estimate at the moment in the UK the market is probably about 10% penetrated. So we've got a huge amount of growth to go in our own home market. But when we look outside of the UK and look to the sort of the future strategy of Lidco, we really see that geographical expansion is going to be a key driver for us in the short term as well. Just a few things to follow, follow up on there. Um, 10% penetrated by your technology or by technologies that are similar to yours as well? Um, 10% penetrated by um, sort of technologies uh, similar to us. Okay. Um, if we if we look at the UK market, there pretty much are sort of three players uh, in the UK market. Uh, globally, there there are five players with this type of technology. Uh, but in the UK, um, we are the clear market leader. Uh, we have over fifty percent of the market. Uh, so yeah. Okay, and when you say per patient costs, is that every time your technology is used, the hospital needs to pay again, or you need to pay again? Uh, in the hospital. Okay, uh, so so that's they're, where the recover, recurring revenue comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. and that recurring revenue is, I imagine, the high margin part of the business. Yeah, we make a we make a good uh, margin on the uh, the monitors. So okay. um, over, overall, the sort of like the, the gross margin of the business is you know sort of like uh, a high seventies percent. Um, but on our disposables, uh, um, our surgery disposals, for example, the the margin goes up to um, in excess of ninety percent gross margin. Okay, and and what what proportion of um, of the revenue comes from that one off installation and one what, from the recurring revenues? Yeah, so um, if we look at the recurring revenues, um, it's, it's kind of like a Pareto uh, principle, really. Uh, you know, um, 76% of our revenues uh, last year came from the repeat disposables. Okay. Um, so in 50% of, of um, NHS hospitals, I mean, it seems like quite a lot, but uh, no profit yet. How, how are you moving towards profitability? Yeah, I think um, I think the business uh, was moving towards profitability uh, for the last couple of years. What we've decided to do is um, we've actually decided to um, enter an investment phase. Uh, we did a fundraise uh, in December 2016 uh, to raise some additional capital for uh, expansion overseas, primarily into the U.S. market. Uh, and what we're recognising is um, whilst we're a very profitable business, uh, we, we do need to expose ourselves outside of the UK market. The US market is rapidly growing. Um, it's, uh, we estimate the size of the US market to be already $100 million already, and we, are, we have less uh, than a 1% uh, market share in, in the US. So, you know, now is the time for really investing and to make sure that we can gain a much greater market share in the U.S. because um, we foresee that this type of technology will become a standard of care in in the future. You know, if we look at the U.K., where we said it's only 10% penetrated at the moment, the same goes for the U.S. market. And and what's going to happen is, is that overnight that market will start to change and we need to have a significant market share to therefore, you know, really enjoy uh, the benefits from this, you know, technology becoming a standard of care. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just a couple of questions on that point. Um, firstly, the main one I think um, I'm sure investors will want to know is have you got the cash to fund that growth, that penetration to the US? Um, is fundraising something you're going to have to do again? And then just secondly, um, but take your time in answering both of the questions, um, is how are you going to be that standard of care compared to your competitors? You say there are three um, in total in the UK and five in it globally. How, how is it going to be Lidco that is the one that becomes a standard of care? 
uh, we raised the working capital for what we perceived that we needed uh, in this first wave of investment. I've always been very clear to say that, you know, because of our high gross margins uh, and the model we've worked out, um, it is self-funding from this point forward. Mm-hmm. But if we do to see that we're getting greater um, success uh, and we feel that we need to move faster, we won't hesitate to go back to the market and ask for additional funds in order to accelerate our expansion, but that would be based on success, not not on failure. Okay. Um, our, our U.S. expansions essentially um, started uh, January this year, uh, and the first step was to recruit a, uh, a head of our U- uh, North American operations. Uh, that that um, uh, individual came from the largest uh, competitor that we have, uh, and uh, that competitor enjoys 80% market share in the U.S., so we've got someone that understands our competitor and understands the U.S. market and has come on board to sort of spearhead uh, our, our assault on the U.S. Um, we have more than doubled our, our presence in the market with the, our recruitment so far. Our latest new monitor um, just recently um, got cleared by the FDA. And what we've done uh, as part of that is we've put into it a very differentiated um, sort of pricing model uh, into that new monitor specific for the U.S. market, which is going to help not only take share, but also uh, help with this drive to do the adoption and making sure that Lidco is the standard of care. Um, What we will see is there will be a recommendation that hemodynamic monitors should be used. So it won't be specific to any one uh, technology. But what we do know from the evidence that Lidco's got, some comparative evidence against the competitors, we we have a tremendous amount of faith in our own technology. But with our new business model, uh, our high usage program, as we call it, that we're introducing to the U.S., that that is going to position us even better to, you know, take share and take advantage of this standard of care move. Okay. The competitors, are, how do they compare to you in terms of their, their size? So um, out of the five competitors, uh, two are uh, low, large multinational uh, companies and three are sort of smaller companies, uh, sort of circa the size of, of Lidco. Okay. Um, the, the the one competitor that we are focused on uh, is is the U.S. competitor. They're a large multinational. Uh, they they have um, very deep pockets uh, to invest, uh, and that is a great thing. Uh, and it's it's a good thing because they are investing in developing the market. Um, we, they're doing all the hard work of developing the market. We are going along and using you know our strong base that we built into in the U.K as a foundation to leapfrog from and essentially uh, take share from them. And what we've been able to prove, uh, and we've done it a number of times already in the U.S., is we can convince U.S. customers uh, to convert from them to us. If you were to go and ask a, uh, a U.S. anesthetist and say, okay, compare Lidco technology to the market leader, they would say that the the two technologies are completely comparable. Uh, But then on top of that, we're able to add some evidence that actually shows when it comes to accuracy uh, and uh, speed of uh, response and changes of what's happening with the patient, uh, we are five times faster than they are. And that's something that is very beneficial in such a um, a precise world as medicine. Mm, Absolutely. So... um a competitor with deep pockets and you with potentially better technology than them, does uh, does that make you a takeover target? 
Well, I think um, I think the future's sort of bright bright for Lidco. If we get the success that we want in the US, I think we'll be able to determine our own path. I, I'm sure, uh, you know, a company that's got a great technology that's rapidly growing and taking share in the US would be very attractive to a number of different players. But at the same time, you know, if we're getting that level of success, we may decide that actually we want to um, add uh, more products through our own bag and, and be um, be acquiring ourselves rather than being acquired. So right. I think uh, it's the future's for us to choose. Uh, but as long as we get the success, uh, we'll have some nice choices. Um, Matt, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been a really interesting discussion. For more episodes of Boardroom Talk, head to the Investors Chronicle website, iTunes or Acast. And thanks for listening. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.